This is Our Common Ground with Janice Graham, transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. affirmative action, against education, I guess he is, <laughs> against health care, against benefits for his own military, and gives tax breaks to the wealthiest contributors to his campaign. Governments, when it came to treating the citizens of African descent fairly, America failed. She put them in chains. The government put them on slave quarters, put them on auction blocks, put them in cotton fields, put them in inferior schools, put them in substandard housing, put them in scientific experiments, put them in the lowest paying jobs, put them outside the equal protection of the law, kept them out of their racist bastions of higher education, and locked them into positions of hopelessness and helplessness. The government gives them the drugs, build bigger prisons, passes a three-strike law, and then wants us to sing God bless America? No, no, no. Not God bless America. God damn America for killing innocent people. God damn America for treating us citizens as less than human. God damn America as long as she tries to act like she is God and she is supreme. The United States government has failed the vast majority of her citizens of African descent. America's chickens coming home. Our Common Ground with Janice Graham, transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. listening for you. Talk, talk, that matters. matters. And now, Janice Graham. And good evening, and thank you for being here in the sanctuary at our common ground. It's M. Cantano Open Make Wednesday night. 
Wow, look at all those people on this board. Thank you for joining us. A lot of new numbers I'm looking at. I hope you have uh, been safe, felt secure, and found ways of coping in America since the last time we talked. And uh, just so that you can write it down, our number is 347-838-9852 because tonight is open night, open mic night, and we want to know what's on your mind. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about how I come into this episode of Our Common Ground tonight. Uh, today... U.S. Congressman John Robert Lewis uh, remains in state at the Georgia State House. It was really interesting, even though I didn't see it, but to think about Georgia's current Governor Kemp playing, paying homage and tribute to Congressman Lewis today. Tomorrow he will be laid to rest from Ebenezer Baptist Church in his beloved Atlanta, Georgia. He served the people of his district for 17 terms in the U.S. Congress. And also tomorrow in a private service, Dr. Reverend C.T. Vivian will be laid to rest in a private ceremony with family and close friends. Well, I come into this episode also thinking about Trump's evil, evil empire and reflecting on the uh, the U.S. House Judiciary Committee hearing uh, with Bill Barr, the U.S. Attorney General on yesterday, which was quite contentious. And also our newfound coronavirus czar, Dr. Estella Emanuel. I want to talk about her. I want to talk about her. I don't know if you have heard, but we'll give you some background on it. But as we begin, I, I want to share something with you, which I just found consistent but a real reminder of what we are dealing with. Yesterday, President of the United States, even though he is illegitimate, tweeted the following. Follow with me because I'm not making this up. I am happy to inform all of the people living their suburban lifestyle dream that you will no longer be bothered or financially hurt by having low-income housing built in your neighborhood. This is real consistent with this president, but it is probably one of the most pointed, vile, evil, racist, thuggish tweets that we have seen from him 
in the time that he has been the president. Let me read it to you again. I am happy to inform all of the people living their suburban lifestyle dream that you will no longer be bothered or financially hurt by having low-income housing built in your neighborhood. Public tweet from the illegitimate president of the United States. Now, there are a number of ways that we can look at that, and I hope you'll call me and we can talk about it. One of the ways is I look at it from the political perspective. Here is a man desperate to do deep diving into the most vile, racist population in this country. He is seeking the votes of all of the white supremacists, all of the folks who simply want black people to go away. Now, that's politically. The other way in which I look at it is this is a man who is clearly borderline personality disordered. He is intellectually dysfunctional. He is unable to find a moral barometer even for his public life. I'm not sure. You know, what is really interesting is is that a few of the major newspapers, the Los Angeles Times, the Chicago uh, Tribune, the um, Miami Herald, um, the New York Times, uh, the Washington Post, made hay of this particular tweet. And I know that they can't, you, they can't have enough reporters to keep up with his his vile spews. But I was amazed this morning, and in in the late night edition last night, that no one was following up on this tweet. Just really amazed. Holding the people who support him somewhat responsible and accountable for their support of who he is. No one writing that Matt Gates and Jim Jordan and Dick Meadows and um, uh, Mitch McConnell and Marco Rubio, none of them are being held responsible for being the sponsor. They really are the sponsors of this vile person who can't calculate to the extent that that might hurt them. I mean, I'm sure there are five people, and I'm I'm I live in Marco. Rubio's district, and I'm sure there are five people in Marco Marco Rubio's district 
who is Republican who are thinking, I am not going to vote for this guy based just on this kind of immoral, racist, vile trash that he that he has that he spews here. Nobody, five people, I, I, at least five people. Uh, I, I'm, you know, and I'm, and, and that's on the surface of it. But then we know that in this district there are millions who are going to vote for him because he did tweet it. You know, I spent a lot of years not doing very much. I was I, I had a Twitter account and I didn't Twitter much. I didn't I wasn't a tweeter. Every now and then I would go on Tweet Suite and provide some information. I'm not one of those people who would fight people online. I'm I'm not doing that and I've been online since nineteen ninety seven. I have had uh, an internet account. Uh, well, I might have had it in 1996 every day because I was on the first black. We had we we probably had about 5,000 people on that list. Uh, that was when you had listservs before you had browsers and URLs and websites. You could send a message to the whole group. And the whole group would see it, and they would send their messages in response to what you were talking about. It was like a talk radio program in ticks. It's like chat. Um, so there were 5,000 very serious thinkers, uh, people that you would know, people who have been guests on this show. I mean, um, Michael Eric Dyson, a whole lot of people who had no other outlet to talk about black issues were on Afro-Am, L, which means list. Um, And I am just thinking about how people responded, and I want to review with you some of the responses that Trump got um uh on that particular um on that particular uh tweet and people were outraged people were really outraged they were calling it the uh, nobody likes trump the trump meltdown um and running things like you know well it's we all know that he's a racist, a criminal, a, a sexual predator, a moron. He's been involved in killing 150,000 Americans and crashed the economy and put millions out of work. But the outrage was there. There is no doubt that the outrage is there, was there. I don't know how many of you saw the tweet, how many of you responded to the tweet. I do not respond to to any tweet that Donald Trump, I mean, why would I, I don't even follow him. The reason I get to see his tweets is because a lot of people who I follow and who follow me retweet and respond 
to things that he is saying, but I simply will not do it. And it 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 really embodies this whole idea that I was thinking about uh, all week is about Trump's evil empire. And I was thinking about it, and Lord, when Bill Barr showed up at the Judiciary Committee of the the House yesterday, uh, you all know that he was in a hearing yesterday, and if you want to sit through it. It was very contentious. It was really ugly. And I was really wondering exactly what was accomplished. I I couldn't figure that part out. And my buddy, um, who is always in a state of anger about these GOP cretins and comrades and traitors didn't call me last night to discuss uh, yesterday to discuss the hearing, so I wasn't able to really synthesize it in a way that I wanted to 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 synthesize it. Um, but it was very disturbing. It was uh, an unbelievable. Um, public discourse Um, and I want to share with you uh, a number of things uh, about um, uh, some clips about it but I think that one of the things we should be concerned about is how do we get rid of an attorney general who has essentially ignored even settled Justice Department policies? Um, And he said yesterday in the hearing that he'll ignore DOJ policy to refrain from... um, getting caught up in uh, near the election. And he was scrutinized on the Roger Stone thing. He was scrutinized on the Michael Flynn thing. And um, he was scrutinized on his handling of, remember the day the photo op, on Lafayette Square, uh, he was asked repeatedly whether he was at the center of all of that. And and, and, and and in a way, which is really, just really troublesome, not in it, not that he wasn't troublesome, troublesome um, about before this hearing, but it was more troubling because it was clear to me that he really didn't get give a rat's ass about what the Judiciary Committee members felt. So I want to talk about, about that last night. Um, it's so close 
you know, Donald Trump is betting on law and disorder as a path to uh, a re-election. And one of the things that I thought, other than some very potent parts of the hearing yesterday, was that the the um, it was really a train wreck hearing <laughs> because nothing is going to come from it. No one was really holding his feet to the fire. Even this time, as opposed to last year, when he was before the same committee, um, nobody asked him to resign. So let's... Uh, kind of take a look at um, how he revealed that um, a, a lot of things about his inability to know. He was either lying or he was saying he didn't know what was going on in his own department. He did not say that he didn't know what Donald Trump wants from him, and he then does what exactly Donald Trump wants from him. Um, Because Trump, in many ways, is using Twitter to get get his message to... Bill Barr. He even said that he claimed that Donald Trump is doing a superb job containing COVID, that the Russia, the report on Russia interference in the American election in 2016 was bogus. He said that. I mean, if you understand the fundamental uh, role of the attorney general, and keep in mind, for those of you who are not putting all this together, it, Eric Holder was Barack Obama's U.S. attorney general in his first term. So that's the 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 that's the position that we're talking about in case you're not hanging all of this together and 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 my conclusion was that it was either one of two things that he's engaging in gross negligence of the department or he perjured himself at the hearing yesterday, uh, when Representative Salwell asked him, questioned him, he asked him, Americans from both parties are concerned that in Donald Trump's America, there's two systems, one for Donald Trump, one for Donald Trump's cronies, and one for the rest of us. And he made the statement, but that can only happen if you enable it. And Barr made every effort 
well, every other, in answering other questions after those inquiries, he made it very clear that he wasn't going to do anything different than he's doing now. So let's take a look at Representative Richmond of um, California and his questioning of Barr at the hearing yesterday. And we'll talk about it on the other side. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Attorney General Barr, you started your testimony with eloquent words about the life and legacy of John Lewis fighting systematic racism, uh, voter intimidation, civil rights. Uh, The one thing that you have in common with your two predecessors, both Attorney General Sessions and Attorney General Whitaker, is that when you all came here and brought your top staff, you brought no black people. That, sir, is systematic racism. That is exactly what John Lewis spent his life uh, fighting. And so I would just suggest uh, that actions speak louder than words, and you really should keep the name of the Honorable John Lewis out of the Department of Justice's uh, mouth. Uh, Let me also say, you mentioned bogus Russiagate. In your opinion, as the Attorney General of the United States of America, did Russia interfere or attempt to interfere in the 2016 election? Uh, Yes. In your position as the Attorney General of the United States, is Russia attempting to interfere in the 2020 presidential election? Uh, I think think we have to assume that they are. Thank you, sir. Uh, Now, let's talk about the integrity of the election, which is also uh, something Congressman Lewis uh, fought for. Jared Kushner implied that the president could move the election day. Can a sitting U.S. president move an election day? Actually, I haven't looked into that question under the Constitution. Well, 2 U.S. Code Section 7 says Federal Election Day is the Tuesday after the first Monday in November. So if you take that as a correct statute, uh, is there any executive action by a president? I've never been asked the question before. I've never looked into it. As Attorney General of the United States, do you believe that this 2020 presidential election will be rigged? I have no reason to think it will be. Uh, President Trump tweeted uh, that the election will be rigged, but he also tweeted that when he was losing to Hillary Clinton, and he tweeted that the day after it was Fox showed that he was losing to Trump. But I don't want to be too political. Do you believe, as the Attorney General of the United States, that mail-in voting will lead to massive voter fraud? I think there's a high risk that it will. Do you ever vote vote by mail-in ballot? Apparently I did once at least. But you believe that other people voting by mail could lead to massive fraud? No. What I've talked about, made very clear, is that I'm not talking about accommodations to people who have to be out of the state or have some particular need not to, uh, uh, inability to go and vote. What I'm talking about is the wholesale conversion of election to mail-in voting. You you do understand that African Americans disproportionately do not survive COVID-19 coronavirus. You are aware of that. I didn't hear the question. You are aware that African Americans, black people, disproportionately die from COVID-19 coronavirus, correct? Yes, I think that's right. And not that it would be uh, the first time that African Americans would risk their lives to vote in this country to preserve its democracy. Uh, but the suggestion is that them having the ability to vote 
by mail would somehow uh, lead to massive voter fraud, but I won't stick to that. No, I, I didn't say uh, that. I just state, I think, what is a reality, which is that if you have wholesale mail-in voting, it substantially increases the risk of fraud. But it doesn't make it likely. That's all I said. Now, I also saw on TV that the president said he's not sure that he'll accept the election results. Can a president just protest because he lost an election? Protest in what sense? Well, can he contest an election just because he simply loses? Well, Gore versus you know, Bush v. Gore. Was well, I think that that was over uh, a slim voter margin. I'm talking about if it is very clear that the president has lost an election, uh, does he have a remedy to contest the election? Not that I'm aware of. Uh, let me go back to what uh, Representative Bass mentioned. You mentioned the number that there were eight African Americans killed by the police and 11 uh, white people killed by the police. So if you, far this if, year. If you use those numbers, uh, that's 85% of that population is white, 15% of that population is black. But if you actually look at the deaths according to the numbers you just gave, 42% of the deaths are African American mm -hmm. and 58% are white. That is a glaring disparity in terms of population. And I just give you those numbers. Well, not, not necessarily. Because, because I have to adjust it by, by the, you know, the race of the criminal perpetrator. No, I, I just did that for you. I'm using your numbers. And according to your numbers, African Americans are four or five times more likely uh, than their percentage of the population to be killed by police than their no, white well, counterparts. The, the actual, so the, I, I just wanted to give you that based on your numbers. Actually, I, the studies I've seen have suggested two things. One, that in fact uh, police are less likely uh, to shoot at a black suspect, a little bit more likely to shoot at white. However, that, black, that police are, are more inclined to use non-lethal force in a uh, contact with an African-American suspect. So those are the, those, in, in terms of the statistics, that's what it looks like to me. Any data that you have that shows that <clears throat> African-Americans are less likely to die at the hands of police or be shot or shot at, uh, to me, is a, a incorrect uh, analysis. But I am interested in seeing it. So if you have it, please see it. I won't call it any names. But if that data exists, I would be more than happy to see it. And since you're sending me that data, can you send me the data of African Americans within the Department of Justice, how many you have in leadership ranks all the way down? Thank you, and I yield back. You're listening to Our Common Ground with Janice Graham. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back with more. That was incredible. That was just incredible. You know, fundamentally, Bill Barr has breached his duty to the American people by advancing the interests of the president over those of the nation. I mean, I think we all can agree to that. In multiple statements, this hearing, and other press appearances, Barr has said that the Mueller report absolved the president of criminal liability for obstructing justice. You know, at some point you get to the point where you want to ask, you have to say, we, we, we know, of course, that it did no such thing and 
there were 1,000, over 1,000 prosecutors who have said the evidence of the president's criminality was substantial. Being honest with the public in the way that Bill Barr has been honest with the American public, in my mind, is criminal. Absolutely criminal. Our number is 347-838-9852 if you want to get uh, in on the conversation about the U.S. Attorney General Bill Barr because I think every member of Congress should be calling for his resignation. Uh, He can be impeached. And I think that the Judiciary Committee under Jerry Nadler, the representative from New York, I, I, I think he has a responsibility after this hearing and with other evidence in front of him. I mean, one of the things that I, I, I loved about other questions that Richmond had for him had to do with how many African-Americans and black people work in the Department of Justice. What happened to the division within the Department of Justice that I worked for for 12 years? What happened uh, to all those people? Um, When, you know, when I got a chance to be assigned to the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development, I got the hell on out of there because the division, the Civil Rights Division, was essentially being dismantled. It started with um, a whole bunch of stuff that's going on. (laughs) Our number is 347-838-9852, and this is M. Contano, open mic night, Wednesday night, at Our Common Ground, and uh, we invite you to drive this agenda. I'm just a host on Wednesday nights, uh, but that's something that has been on my mind, and I think it has to be on the minds. I mean, it is the Justice Department that can drive so many things. They're driving this new, uh, because they are the arbiters of what the policy means what the federal authority is, and that's why we have 200 or more um, paramilitary goons sent out by Donald Trump. Bill Barr has acted as the chief of cover-up for Donald Trump, and that is the reason that inspector generals have been terminated, uh, driven out by the Trump administration because they have no redress at the Department of Justice. No redress whatsoever. And um, one of the things that the Department of Justice can do is adjudicate on public policy, and that's why it is so important. Some program notes while we take a, a little bit break from and, and await your calls. 
I don't see any hands up in all those callers on our board. But uh, we also want to go to another point in that hearing that I thought was very important. And we can talk about uh, this on the other side. Mr. Barr, on June 1st, there were protests against the murder of George Floyd and police brutality in Lafayette Park. Let us not be distracted by you or my GOP colleagues as to what these powerful and massive protests were actually about. They were about the persistent killing of black bodies by law enforcement and finally, finally, an awakening in America of the conscience of our country. And yet your response, Mr. Barr, was to direct federal officers to close in on the protesters and to use shields offensively as weapons, tear gas, pepper balls, irritants, explosive devices, batons, and horses to clear the area just so the president could get a photo op. So I do want to ask you, do you think that your response, do you think the response at Lafayette Square to tear gas, pepper spray, and beat and protesters and injure American citizens who were just simply uh, exercising their First Amendment rights was appropriate? Well, first, it's my understanding that no tear gas was used on Monday, June 1st. Mr. Barr, that is a semantic distinction that has been proven false by many fact-checkers. How, how is it semantic? Tear gas is a particular compound. You talked about chemical irritants, and it has been proven false by reports. So just answer the question. Do you well, think that think it is pepper, appropriate well, at Lafayette Park to pepper spray, tear gas, and beat protesters and injure American citizens? Well, I don't accept your characterization of what happened, but as I explained, the effort there was... Uh, Mr. Barr, I just asked for a yes or no. So let me just tell you, I'm starting to lose my temper. According to sworn testimony before the House Natural Resources Committee by Army National Guard Officer Adam DeMarco, who was there, this was, quote, an unprovoked escalation and excessive use of force against peaceful protesters. Well, I don't Numerous remember, media I don't remember reports DeMarco as being, I don't Mr. Remember Barr, DeMarco excuse me, being involved in any of the decision-making. Sir, sir. The president told governors on a telephone call that the way to deal with the protesters of police brutality and systemic racism like in Lafayette Square is that, quote, you have to get much tougher. You have to dominate. If you don't dominate, you're wasting your time. These are terrorists. And he also talked about you on that call, sir. Here's what he said. He said, the attorney general is here, Bill Barr, and we will activate Bill Barr and activate him strongly. Do you remember that call, Mr. Barr? Yes, I do. But he wasn't talking about protesters. He was talking Mr. about Barr, rioters. Mr. Barr, apparently the president believes that you can be activated to implement the president's agenda and dominate American people exercising First Amendment rights if they're protesting against him. But let's look at how you respond when the protesters are supporters of the president, on two separate occasions, after President Trump tweeted, liberate Michigan, to subvert stay-home orders to protect the public health of people in Michigan, protesters swarmed the Michigan Capitol carrying guns, some with swastikas, Confederate flags, and one even with a dark-haired doll with a noose around its neck. Are you aware that these protesters called for the governor to be lynched, 
shot and beheaded? No. You're not aware of that? I was not aware of that. Major protests in Michigan. You're the attorney general, and you didn't know that the protesters called for the governor to be lynched, shot, and beheaded. So well, obviously you couldn't be concerned about that. Well, there are a lot you, of protests around the United States, and uh, on June attorney 1st, general I was Barr, worried about the District of Columbia, which is federal. In certain parts of the country, you're very aware of those, but when protesters with guns and swastika and Confederate flags, excuse me, Mr. In Barr, federal this government. is my time, and I control it. You are aware of certain kinds of protesters, but in Michigan, when protesters carry guns and Confederate flags and swastikas and call for the governor of Michigan to be beheaded and shot and lynched, somehow you're not aware of that. Somehow you didn't know about it, so you didn't send federal agents in to do to the president's supporters what you did to the president's protesters. In fact, you didn't you didn't put pepper balls on those protesters. So the point I'm trying to make here, Mr. Barr, that I think is very important for the country to understand is that there is a real discrepancy in how you react as the attorney general, the top cop in this country, when white men with swastikas storm a government building with guns, there is no need for the president to, quote, activate you because they're getting the president's personal agenda done. But when black people and people of color protest police brutality, systemic racism, and the president's very own lack of response to those critical issues, then you forcibly remove them with armed federal officers, pepper bombs, because they are considered terrorists by the president. You take an aggressive approach to Black Lives Matter protests, but not to right-wing extremists threatening to lynch a governor if it's for the Trump's, if it's for the president's benefit. Did I get it right, Mr. Barr? I have responsibility for the federal government, and the White House is the seat of the Mr. executive Mr. Barr, let branch, me just make it clear: you are the, supposed the to Michigan authorities the can handle of the United Michigan States authorities of America, not violate people's First Amendment m- rights. You are supposed to uphold democracy and secure equal justice under the law, not violently dismantle certain protesters based on the president's personal agenda. Gentlelady's time is expired. Mr. Chairman, I would like to ask unanimous consent to also introduce into the record a report from the MIT Election Data and Science Lab, which says that over the past 20 years, more than 250 million ballots have been cast by mail, and the fraud rate is 0.00006%. Thank you for joining us at Our Common Ground with Janice Graham, transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. And that was uh, Representative Pramila Jayapal, from, uh, Democrat from um, Washington. And she really lost her patience uh, with Attorney General William Barr. And uh, I, I, I thank her for her comments and her questions because they were right on point. Uh, in, in other words, she really read him. And if you didn't catch it, the MIT study of 20 million mail-in voters voting ballots, she said the incident of fraud in the, the 20 million was point. Follow me here. 
0.00020%. Well, that is even less of 1% of 1%. <laughs> Our number is 347-838-9852 if you want to uh, chime in on the House Judiciary uh, hearing with the U.S. Attorney General Bill Barr. And here's some um, <clears throat> some follow-up on, on that hearing. And I listened to the hearing intently. Um, Jer- Jerry Nadler, who is the House Judiciary Committee chairperson, said on Wednesday that he was considering beginning impeachment proceedings against um, Attorney General Barr. Um, And yesterday during his opening remarks um, at the committee meeting, uh, he talked about the politicization of the Department of Justice, and he cited the DOJ's perceived kowtowing to uh, the president uh, wishes in 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 certain legal situations, and we referred to the shortening of the sentence of Trump ally Roger Stone and the exoneration of former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn as examples of injustice at the Justice Department. But um, I just want to highlight that Representative Jayapal uh, really read. Uh, Attorney General, and and also one of my observations was this: that when it was a Congresswoman, the Attorney General seemed to take privilege on talking over the women on the committee. I mean, he would just start talking, and they and they were trying to and 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 I love the way she put him in check and said, "Listen, this is my time, and I control it." In other words, you don't get to control it. So, I I think one of the things that I was thinking while watching is this is how. Barr and this administration needs to be con- con- confronted, especially around the issue of their uh, white power activities. <laughs> That's how, I mean, she tore him a new one and brought up how he didn't do anything when the governor of Michigan was threatened. And the governor of Michigan is a female. And protesters with long guns, big guns, call for her to be shot, lynched, and beheaded. And there were no paramilitary goons sent out. And 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 she showed him for who he is. He claims not knowing that white supremacist protesters in Michigan threatened the Michigan governor's life and called for her to be lynched and showed up at the state house, and and. And I think she just chewed some chunks of him, and rightfully so, rightfully so. Um, A program note before we go to break uh, is that 
on Saturday night, our guests will be uh, Ruby Sales, who, if you are not, if you are a regular, you know who she is. She is the founder and director of the Spirit House. She is a contemporary philosopher of human rights, and she is a Southern woman, and episode Southern Comfort, claiming the power of the porch, because she writes a blog, and she calls it From My Front Porch, and she will be with us on Saturday night. Uh, We've already confirmed, et cetera, et cetera. But I am also watching a tropical storm that is expected to come through Florida on Saturday. This is getting, I've never watched the weather before. It was either snowing or it wasn't snowing. Uh, (laughs) But Florida weather makes you, gives you a whole case of anxiety. So if we find that we have to reschedule Saturday night, it will be posted on our website at ourcommonground.com and it will also be posted here at Blog Talk Radio. And if we do have to reschedule it, we will be rescheduling it to either next Wednesday night or the following Saturday night. But we may have a conflict because I've already scheduled somebody for the the, the next Saturday night. So... Here's what happens. For some reason, the Internet service providers in this area can't figure out how to keep you connected. Years and years and years of broadcasting in Boston, I never had to cancel a broadcast because I thought I was going to lose my Internet service. I never lost my Internet service through years of Northeasters. I'm talking about seven feet of snow. So, and 45-mile winds or whatever Northeasters are. So that's what will be happening here. And the other thing that I want to encourage people to do is to register at Blog Talk Radio so that you can join us in our chat room. It's the best seats in the house. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, um, I, I, I do want to talk about this whole nonsense. Um, you know the nonsense that I'm talking about. This woman, who is the new coronavirus um, czar from the White House, They're trying to use her and her group, which as of yesterday, they were only 12 days old. And I cited two Koch brother representatives in their group, frontline doctors. And, you know, I am not a person that jumps up and says, oh, because she talks uh, out of the box. She may know something that we don't know. But here's what's happening. 
Her name is Dr. Stella Emanuel. Trump is now claiming that she's very impressive, but he doesn't know anything about her. And she claims that hydrochloroquine cures COVID-19. She is a pastor who claims that gynecological problems are caused by dreams about having sex with demons. And she claims that the politicians in Washington who oppose Donald Trump are not real humans but are actually secret lizard-like reptilian aliens. Now, I know some of them do look like that, but I'm not sure about all of that. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we can talk about um, the new coronavirus czar appointed by your president who believes that there is demon sperm going on and aliens who oppose demon aliens, not just aliens, demon aliens who oppose Donald Trump. Our number, you better write it down, 347-838-9852. And if you'd like to join us in our chat room, we're at blogtalkradio.com backslash OCG. We'll be right back. Thank you for joining us at Our Common Ground with Janice Graham, transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. How do you wake up the entire African-American community to the hidden issue of mental health? It showed up in my life through one of my best friends, and we've been friends for over 30 years. One story at a time. If we would have known earlier, you know, we would have been more, much more supportive with her. Once I reached out to my sister, it got a little better. Once I told my mother, it got a little better. The more I talked about it, I felt it coming off. The healing is in me, and the healing in a journey can also be extended to others. It's our community and our mental health. Giving voice to what you're feeling is part of the healing. If you're strong enough to just open your mouth, that's all it takes. And the most revolutionary and healing thing that black people can do right now is to love one another. It's time to share ourselves. Healing starts with us. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, the Ad Council, and the Stay Strong Foundation. We invite you to be a regular here at Our Common Ground, Saturday night, 10 p.m. Transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. And at truth. 
Sports Network. This is Alternative Progressive Urban Talk Radio. Our common ground media and communications where race and talk matters. Join us on all of our social network platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Tumblr, and our web blogs. TruthWorks Network, where the truth must be spoken more than once. Our common ground, speaking truth to power and ourselves. I want to know why I'm fine one minute and the next, my body aches so bad I can't move. I want to know why my hair is falling out. I'm only 17. I'm tired all the time. Now, this rash. I just want to know what's going on. When you don't have the right answers, it may be time to ask your doctor the right question. Could I have lupus? For answers, for support, for hope, visit couldihavelupus.gov or call 1-800-994-9662. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Office on Women's Health and the Ad Council. Our common ground, speaking truth to power and ourselves. I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you. And thank you for being with us here tonight at Our Common Ground. It is Wednesday, open mic night, and the number is 347-838-9852. And guess who's in that chat room? Yeah, he is. You know you can't go without doing our common ground twice a week. <laughs> we also want to remind you that on Friday night at 10 p.m., India Declare is there to hear your voice on current issues and concerns at Real Raw Right Now with India Declare. 10 p.m. Friday nights, and um, we hope that you will take some time out and join India Declare. Um, you know, we spent a lot of time trying to groom the new generation of talk show hosts because it's time for me um, to take this microphone and put it on the shelf so I can look at it or whatever. And we've had a lot of people come through here. <coughs> Excuse me. A Florida allergy. Uh, that makes me cough a lot. 
Um, we've had a lot of people come through here on our TruthWorks network. We had a wonderful, wonderful show called Soul of Fire with Dr. Matthew Johnson, Reverend Dr. Dr. Reverend Matthew Johnson on TruthWorks. And I really uh, recommend that you catch the on-demand episodes of TruthWorks with the Alpha Show and Souls of Fire uh, on TruthWorks. Uh, we've had a lot of Elvin D- uh, Dowling and uh, Lion's Den and Blanche Williams, but it takes a lot of de- dedication, especially when it's not your primary source of income to do talk radio uh, because a lot of preparation goes into making sure. Like I've been walking around today really trying to mull around how we get out of all of this damage that is dismantling that is going to happen with this sitting president before the November 3rd election and how we get through, getting through the election to Inauguration Day. This, No matter who wins the, the election for president and how much we, progress we can make by ensuring that people like Susan Collins, Sally Mc, whatever her name is, um, I can't think of her name right now, but uh, there are a number of people, um, Republicans that are up for re-election. That um, uh, Lindsey Graham, Jamie Harrison is doing really well in fundraising in South Carolina, but whether or not he's going to make it over the final is another question. And we can talk about that in this second page of Wednesday night open mic. Our number is 347-838-9852. What's going on? You all want to talk? Is is overwhelming? Um, it, it does become... Uh, uh, oppressive, you know, and you've got a president who goes on national TV, international TV, and says he's very impressed by uh, Dr. Stella Emanuel, but he's never met her. But he is her new COVID-19 doctor, the woman who I mentioned before we went to break, who says sex with demons make you sick. And the president is pushing this crap. Uh, He doubled down on July 28th about a drug, hydrochloroquine, um, zychloroquine, hydrozychloroquine. Remember, he was on that take in April and May. And now he's found a doctor. She is a real doctor. She has a medical degree. 
Uh, her specialty is pediatrics, but um, she's selling a form um, of craziness. I mean, that's all you can say about it. And this evening, I found out that she was sued for malpractice in Louisiana following the death of a woman in her care last year. Um, She has really, however, attracted national attention, uh, including praise from the president, as I mentioned, for claiming without evidence in a video uh, that went viral to have cured hundreds of COVID-19 patients with hydroxychloroquine, which the Food and Drug Administration has said is an ineffective remedy. Now, the Food and Drug Administration has said that, but I'm relying on a report, two reports that I read in the New England Journal of Medicine. She's also putting forward the idea that masks do not slow the spread of the coronavirus. Um, the mother of one of her patients alleged last year that the doctor ignored her daughter's complaints that a meth needle had broken off in her arm. And Emmanuel allegedly prescribed Norvell medication but did not order any x-ray or further tests. And um, the woman died of a flesh-eating infection despite another physician opting to remove the needle. And Louisiana authorities were reported never to be able to serve Emmanuel with a suit because she moved to Houston in between treating Norvell and the filing of the suit, the lawsuit. Um, And there are people, the Trumpers, they're all out supporting her. Um, you know, I, I just, I, I'm not understanding. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I mean, this woman is clearly, uh, I mean, she's a minister, and I watched, you know, to, I, I, I vetted her uh, because, you know, it's easy for people to jump up and say she doesn't know what she's talking about. And I came away thinking when she becomes Trump's personal physician, maybe I will pay attention again. 773, you're on the air at our common ground. What's on your mind? Well, good evening, Janice, and how are you? Well, don't you sound like strong. You're coming with the strong wind tonight. Hi, Alpha. Well, Love I, to hear from you. I'm sitting, I'm sitting in a foreign, uh, in a foreign room, so I'm, um, I'm. Um, what man is that, Alpha? I'm sitting in some hotel, <laughs> and uh, I just got to get through till Monday to be all right. Uh, let me tell you like this. The news about this uh, witch doctor, she's a witch doctor. She got her degree from 
from Storefront University, okay? And this is just another one of these uh, throw the little ball into the field and the media will follow it like little lap dogs. This is nothing more than a distraction. They are on his butt hot and heavy about this Russia uh, bounty. They're on his butt hot and heavy about William Barr's, uh, I'll call it perjury. Were you with us when uh, I did the follow-up on the Barr hearing? Because Jerry Nadler is talking about the possibility of impeaching Barr. That will go well, nowhere, but it would be good TV. Well, I don't, I don't expect it to go anywhere. But see, this is the one thing people have to understand about these impeachment proceedings. If nothing else, it's messaging better than what the Democrats are creating. If you can impeach Bill Barr, just like Jayapal basically walked up and pulled his pants down, and so I can't, I can't think of the young brother's name. The young, uh, the young brother. Richmond. Uh, Richmond. Richmond. Is that his name? Yep. He set him. He set him up big time. He said He set him up real bad. And then you have another one who set him up with the uh, Roger Stone issue, where a reporter says Roger Stone told him that he talked to Trump. 29 times about Russia. And Trump told Mueller, he wrote to Mueller that he had never talked to Roger Stone. Now, mm-hmm. if that's not perjury, and if that's not uh, a commutation of his sentence, a corrupt commutation, which I believe can be revoked, and Roger Stone grabbed up by the collar and locked up. I don't know what it is. If you've well, got here, here's the problem, Alpha. Take a break uh take a breath, Alpha. Let me try to follow along with you and let's have this conversation. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that's why I didn't call you last down. night. <laughs> I'm not trying to slow you down. It's not it's not perjury, but it's a new charge of collaboration. Well, that's, Criminal that's, collaboration. That's, exactly, that's yeah. what it is. But you see, you basically accuse him of perjury because that will get to back the hair on the back of his neck up. It's not how do they put it? It's not what they call you; it's what you answer to. Mm-hmm. And if you if you say it's perjury, the first thing they're going to do is what you just did is correct me and put out the thing of uh, some type of uh, collusion. Collusion is not collaboration. A Criminal collaboration. Collaboration. Criminal collaboration. Mm -hmm. Now, my point is simply this. If the uh, commutation was so that 
Roger Stone wouldn't turn him in or give him up. That's criminal. And that would void the commutation. And that's exactly what you had with Roger Stone telling a reporter that he talked to Trump 29 times. Well, well and basically here's the thing. giving him a up. Here, here, here is the point that that we all have to come to the reality. And the reality, Alpha, is this. Trump and the GOP complicit traitors are operating above the law. And there is nothing to stop them. Oh, well, yes. Well, well, That's we, a real yes. dilemma. So you well, don't okay. have to, you don't have a, you don't have democracy anymore in this country. You know that. Well, it's it's a matter of not just a matter of not having democracy in this country anymore. This will slow them down until we can vote him out and we can restore democracy. You see the what do they call it? The uh limitations, the uh, what do they call the uh, limitations on prosecution? Uh-huh. And the the time would not have run out on these crimes. He's got until 2022 for his other crimes that they will charge him with. But if he becomes president again, all of that's a wash. Democracy is a wash as it is now. You see they're pulling these um, stormtroopers, and that's what they are, stormtroopers. And everybody goons. wants to get up Paramilitary to goons. They're Eric, yeah, they, Eric Prince's they people. Right. They want to get up in the air. They're contracted they're from Eric so Prince. We all know that. And they're lying well, they're, about they're that. Saying they're, right. They're saying they're from home, the Homeland Security's uh, Listen, ICE. Uh, Alpha, the, the reality is, for other for people who are listening, the reality is that Homeland Security can cut a contract with Eric Prince tomorrow and hire 500 contracted employees. They come in as employees. Contract is it's a category of federal employee called contract contractor, and the employees they of, the, should, uh, of the of the government. And they should get to the bottom of that. Where what is the origin of these people? Yeah, I mean, all what you have is, to do is look at their physical. All you have to do is look at the physical profile of the 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 goons that you see in Portland. They all have been working out and have massive uh, arms and shoulders, and those people have been been keeping their physical profile um, because they work for Eric Prince. Right. That's, yeah, Prince that's their job. Blackwater, that was no mistake. The, the, the fact that these people are offshore, Eric Prince is offshore, so Donald Trump can talk to him in a phone call. And yep. 
basically, basically uh, deem his conversations with him. Uh, uh, what do they highly do it? Classify, classify mm-hmm. all of the wrongdoing and all of the conversations. And my question is, all of that classified I mean, conversation. Snatching people, snatching people off the street is right out of the G G R U playbook. Yeah, that's Russian. That's that's Russian um uh operative. Those are Russian MO. And that's exact that's exactly what Putin did in the Ukraine. They snatched right. people off they snatched military Ukrainian military men off the street and replaced them with Russians in Ukrainian uniforms. Did you see the woman they snatched off the street in New York? They had yep. a, 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 they had a film of her. They just came and put her in an unmarked vehicle, and nobody knows where they took her. Nobody yep. knows anything. That's that's exactly and, what happens in Russia. Dissidents are grabbed off the street. They're put in gulags, and nobody ever hears from them again if they aren't poisoned. And Donald Trump—that's what we have. That's what we have in this country. Well, Donald Trump seems to have. Go ahead, Elmo. Everybody in this country along with uh, Trump and Bill Barr, are highly confident that he is going to win this election. And why is that? The the polls, because they have, they're slowing down the mail, they're suppressing the vote. There is a a ruling being waged in Wisconsin to purge 129,000 people from the rolls, you know, mostly Democrats and mostly African American and Hispanic. hundred and twenty nine thousand they were purged from the rolls. And it's being and, and don't forget and, uh, don't forget about the technically technically compromised new voting machines in Ohio Pennsylvania, New Jersey, North Carolina, and Tennessee. Exactly. Exactly. He is highly confident because the fix is in with their machines. Who's going to check those machines? Mm-hmm. Operating authenticity. No one. And who's go- who's going to, what publication, what reporter is going to follow up on the chain of shadow companies created by the Trump organization, Ivanka Trump, who bought a voting machine business in China two years ago? Well, there you are. You see... It's not. They've got the. They've got the the reporters. They've got them buffalo. They've got them bullied already. 
if you want to, if you want a job as a reporter, you keep your mouth shut about what we're doing and let us do what we're doing. And to, to really be honest, people have to understand it. It's it's a this this is about numbers now. The the rich mm-hmm. the rich uh, the rich liberal uh, progressives the the people who are who are famous the the Tom Steyers and the Michael Bloombergs. Where's a Bloom? Have you seen a Bloomberg ad? I haven't. And if Michael Bloomberg wanted to do something to help. Uh, get rid of Donald Trump, he or Tom Steyer would be paying the fines of the 1.4 million ex-felons that won't be able to vote in Florida. Yep. And, I mean, what what else are you going to do with all of that money? Well, if, if you, you, mentioned, you, you mentioned political ads. I haven't seen one. Uh, DNC ad yet? Uh, the Lincoln, they're like they were, they're looking for the Lincoln Project to carry the dirty to water. do their work. The Lincoln, uh-huh. the Lincoln Project is killing it, and they they're killing them, you know, with the people. But the people will not decide this election. Yeah, for people who are listening. The Lincoln Project is a group of uh, former GOP operatives who are never never Trumpers. And they have been producing almost on a weekly basis anti-Trump political ads. And if you want to see them, you can go to YouTube and do a search for the Lincoln Project. But, you know, Alpha, it's really interesting. I'm glad I have you. I have been, I guess Trump was impressed by uh, Stella Emanuel, and I don't know him, but I have been so impressed by the commentary on our political landscape and this Trump administration by Stephen Smith. Oh, Stephen Smith has been, he's been burning him to the ground. Stephen Smith has been saying things about Donald Trump that I would say. And and yet they keep him on. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a Stephen Smith on the Alpha show. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, I've never heard a Republican speak of another Republican in such a way. He's calling him a coward, an imbecile, an idiot. And can anybody be more of an idiot than Louis Gomer? Damn. Oh, wait a minute. And he they're was, reporting. He Yeah, he tested COVID-19 positive today. Yeah, that's what but I'm saying. But he's he asymptomatic. I don't care. He was talking to Bill Barr. Can we get lucky here? <laughs> My sentiments exactly, Alpha. Can we can we can we look up on something here? Call that storefront preacher lady, uh, doctor, 
hydrocarbon, whatever the hell it is, and uh, <laughs> call for a miracle, call for a, a leaping of the virus. But um, that would be too kind. And the way you see Trump and Bill Barr talk, it could be a triple header. Gomer, Bill Barr, Donald Trump. Well, uh, Trevor Noah has been calling her Dr. Demon Sperm all day long today. (laughs) You know, but but what is what is absolutely evil here is that despite having the world's top doctors at his disposal, he has decided instead to trust a doctor who believes that people get sick because they masturbate. Well. Well, Janice, that simply goes to my theory that uh, he's already stolen this election and he knows it. And he'll do whatever he wants, and that's what he's doing, whatever he wants. This is not the moves of a man who has to worry about the people who vote. He's not the, come on, you, you don't go in front of the people with, the the, the uh, coronavirus exploding all over Florida, Texas, all over the United States, and tell people that it's 99% contained? He said that today. He said it's it yesterday 99. and he said it today. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So somebody, somebody has to basically pump the brakes and pull up. You know how police are chasing someone and there's a window open and everybody assumes they went out the window and they're hiding in the pantry? That's what this is. That's what this is. Let me me ask you, Alpha, what your thoughts are that once he is reelected, how will... How do you think the political leadership of both Democrats or Republicans will respond? Well, I'm going to first tell you right there. If he's reelected, I lose $2,000. Because I didn't bet two people a grand apiece that he won't be reelected. And I'm going to be pissed. But the Democrats are going to shrink further down into a hole. And the Republicans will be more emboldened. The democracy will be destroyed, and everybody will be standing around with their palms up in the air. He will take away. But what do you think people will do? Do you think, uh, you know, Saturday night I was talking about the pussy people. There were millions and millions of people who hit the street. Well, what will be the response of the American people? If they don't, if they don't get out and vote, if they don't get out and vote and defeat this this conspiracy and this this onslaught against democracy, they'll never get another mm-hmm. chance. Because mm-hmm. what you what you are witnessing here is the fall of the experiment. The two hundred and forty year old experiment will be over. I put a uh, article. On my wall, how uh, veto uh, in 
the, the leader of Hungary, how he turned that democracy into a, a dictatorship in nine years. And that, this is the same thing that was done. It's been about, I'm sending troops in to restore law and order. That's just nuts. Now he's sending them mm-hmm. in to uh, Milwaukee, the three cities, what is it, Baltimore, Cleveland, Milwaukee, or something like that. And, you know, to, 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 to restore law and order. Mm-hmm. As, as, you, as you saw, the only people who have been arrested are the Boogaloo Boys and the, uh, these other clowns uh, that they got out there. The uh, uh, what do they call them? The, the uh, bad boys, the whatever they call them. But all you see is the guy with the ball peen hammer breaking windows with the umbrella. They you can't, yep. they're, they're all wrapped up, their face and everything is all wrapped up, so you can't tell that they're white people. You got pictures of white folks setting fires, the whole nine yards. These are the these are the Klansmen, the white nationalists, the neo-Nazis that have infiltrated the protests. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the, um, the Dr. Stella Emanuel, her group is funded by the Tea Party Patriots. Right, right. And, and they fund these people, and when, it's, when, it, when they're outed for funding them, there is no shame. There is no shame brought mm-hmm. upon. There is, they don't. They never pay a price for these moves. They never pay a price for this over the top. This isn't civil. This is this is nothing. More, this is utter thievery and the mm-hmm. threats that but, they'll be. There will be a civil war if Trump loses. What do you think? I think they they'll try it. They'll try it because if they're if they're willing to go this far, if they're willing to to do, he is destroying the post office. Tell me, has anybody repealed uh, HR sixty four oh seven, the post office, the Postal Accountability Enhancement Act? That's a five point no. five that's five point five billion dollars a year that the post office has to pay. They were they were making over two million dollars a year. But when you have to pay but you know, at, at, at some point at some point the financial oversight committee of uh, which uh Representative Maxine uh Waters is the chair at some point, it seems that they would use their leverage to begin to address some of this stuff. They can propagate funding. $5.5 billion a year. Yeah, $5.5 billion they have to put into a fund so that the GOP 
and Republicans can say the post office is not profitable. Right, and who and who's looking at the who's watching this fund? By now, that bill was passed in two thousand and six. Okay, that was fourteen years ago. Let's see, let's do the math right quick. They should have over seventy uh, billion. Or am mm-hmm. I counting right? You should have over seventy billion dollars a year. Who's ciphering money out of that fund? Well, you know Who's that Trump was ciphering money out of it to build his wall. That's one of the things. And but, one of the things but, that they're going to try to do is to um, begin to take some of that money to 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 to, to balance off to bring the national debt to a reasonable level so that he can sell it in November. That's that's one of the things that's going to happen. The other is the shortfalls in the military budget and uh, and the um and the Pentagon. But that's something else there, Janet. Why are we funding the military to this extent? Why is the military industrial complex being funded Their budget goes up every year, each and every year. Billions go in. Wow. Well, you know why. Why are you asking that question, Alpha? I'm I'm sure uh, after after listening to, after knowing what you know and the kind of understanding that you have is that all of the military manufacturers, have to be able to have a profit. The Raytheon, the um, Pratt and Whitney's of the world, they have to get government contracts to pay underpay people and to be able to have dividends for their investors. Then what in the hell are we doing? We may as well just. Pack it in and go home and and leave this to the military industrial complex to the corporations or to the rich the uh the amazons the googles facebooks oh they've won they've won if that's the yeah, thing, Apple. they have won mm-hmm. and Apple, you know it's really and, interesting that today they had the big tech companies up on Capitol Hill in a hearing, which was another hearing train wreck, because I think the bar hearing was a train wreck. Uh, but um, but they didn't have Microsoft. Well, you can't get them all. <laughs> you, have to, you have to leave some of the droppings, huh? But, right, Alpha, let's get, get back all. to... What will people do? I mean, you, you're talking about packing it up. What does that mean for working people and working poor? What is that going to mean for the poor people who are going to be divested from opportunities for affordable housing? I mean, one of the things he's rescinding is the Obama affirmatively furthering fair housing um, directive that was signed by President Barack Obama which I worked on for five years. That was the reason I went to HUD. Uh, 
and he just said yesterday he's just going to rescind it, uh, which means that cities and governments. Pardon me? He said the Supreme Court ruling gives him that power now. Mm-hmm. And even and if well, it doesn't, he's going to take it. He's going to do it anyway. That's why I'm saying, yep. you know, if he wins, all these poor black people, you're going to just be poor. If you did, you couldn't get up off your butts to vote. All of these, all, every time the election ends and it's only 15, 17% of black people voting, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's mm-hmm. a amount to, to malpractice because that's just like stay on the get back to the plantation. The prisons mm-hmm. will become your oh. new slaves. become the new slaves yard. But you know, one of the things that you know I have wondered over the last couple of months, uh, where are the whistleblowers? Uh, it made a real difference yesterday. What? The whistleblowers are cowed. They got them scared to open their mouth. If Obama was doing bad things to whistleblowers and Trump doing it twice as bad, they're not coming out. They're not the whistleblower, though. You're not going to blow a whistle. You're going to keep your head down and keep working and keep making a paycheck and let, uh, let the good times roll. Because at this yeah, point, I'll yeah. tell you, if this man wins again, you can pack it in. I have you I have one word it. for you. I have one word for you, Alpha, about the reelection of of Donald Trump. Madagascar. <laughs> what? If, if I got a hitchhike through COVID nineteen, through the through the through the racism and lynching all the way down to Florida, I'm gonna latch myself to your ankles so you and Stephen can Madagascar. Madagascar. With my congestive heart failure and with my diabetes and all of the sickness. I tell you, I, I tell you what I'll do. I'll I'll leave you I'll leave you my Traeger. Okay. <laughs> I knew that would get you. I, I got one more question for you, um, Alpha, while I have you. And that is, what is the likelihood? Jerry Nadler was making a lot of noise today talking about the possibility of impeaching Bill Barr. Because, see, I keep going back to Bill Barr because I think Bill Barr is the most dangerous, powerful person in this country. And Donald Trump knows it. And Donald Trump, Janice, this started when Nancy Pelosi and Barack Obama refused to prosecute the Bush administration, every single last one of them. And this, that's when this happened. When they allowed Ted Yu and that other bunch of uh, so-called lawyers to come up with some legal 
uh, redefining torture. And they didn't prosecute mm-hmm. them at the end. This is what we get. This is the mm-hmm. final product of Donald Trump. Nixon was a politician who became a crook. Donald Trump is a crook who's become a politician. That simple. Vladimir Putin will ride to victory. I've got a question about this G7. Don't the other members of the G7 have to approve, have to, he has to get some kind of majority. Well, well, Merkel already, Merkel already um, um, cast her vote on Putin, on Russia coming into the G7, and she said no. But whether the others will hold to their no is another question. And I think that this whole question of G7 is is going to become more of a controversial public discourse in America because he's pulling out 2,000 troops out of Germany today. And that is what the Russian government has been looking to have happen and trying to have happen for 10 years. And for three years, this is the result of not basically tying this president to Vladimir Putin with words like treason, with words like uh, agent, the whole nine yards. That's what's going to happen. Vladimir Putin, and what Trump don't see coming is Putin is simply weakening the United States so that Russia, China can take over. Mm-hmm. China that's, is just that's, a, that's essentially what the negotiation is. And don't forget about Saudi Arabia, uh, that they want to be able to control. And for those of you who are listening to this conversation, you want to jump in. The number is 347-838-9852. But what they're looking for is to be able to control the resources of the Middle East. China wants the minerals. Russia wants the oil. You remember the words that Gil Scott Heron song, Saudi Arabia has bought the first, first world and Rented the second world and they got a firm down payment on the third world. Mm-hmm. That's something mm-hmm. they don't they don't have that's to a, do that's all of that. That's a good reminder. Mm-hmm. They 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 I don't mean, have to do all of the all of the dividend dab and they buy what they want. They buy what they want. Well, they've already bought the president of the United States. That's real clear. And, and um, yeah, and his family, and they have bought key members of the U.S. Congress, Lindsey Graham, and Mitch McConnell in the Senate. Neither one of them are great uh, players. And they've thrown bone. They've thrown bones at people like uh, Dick Meadows, um, Ted Cruz. Mike Meadows uh, and Rand Paul, and, and, Rand Paul, don't forget Rand well, Paul. 
Rand Paul is a, is a, just a is just a clown. He's going to get very little. But the American people, all of these people who voted sixty five million of them, they always you always hear them talk about the sixty two million that voted for Donald Trump, but you never hear a Democrat say about sixty five million that voted for Hillary Clinton. Donald Trump won um, by 77,000 votes in three states. The polls have you know, been uh, losing big. Mm-hmm. And if he don't lose big, if he don't lose big, his dream is over. Malcolm Nance, The Plot Against America, that's his third book. The first two books are, are intriguing, very intriguing. The third book is off the chain. And in these books that were written years before it happened, this is he foretells of all of the stuff that's happened. You know, Alpha, I've been um, recommending to this audience um, Sarah Kendazor's, um Hiding in Plain Sight. Yes, and, and uh, with her partner, uh, her uh, her editorial partner, uh, Andrea Chalupa. Yeah, that's um, they have been providing the basic information about Trump and his trans-global criminal empire for f- five years. The book, the title of your book is Hiding in Plain Sight, and, and Alpha is recommending um, um, Malcolm, Nance, Nance. Malcolm Nance's The Plot Against America. The other is for the people to understand what a criminal this man is, this president is, Dark Towers by David Enright. Enright. Because it sets up to the extent that Donald Trump was broke. Broke. And also... Laundering Russian money through Deutsche Bank for 15 yeah. years. That is his connection with Jeffrey Epstein. That is the connection. They were friends because they were laundering money and manipulating Deutsche Bank U.S. operations. And people really have to understand that in order to understand, because otherwise you walk around, and I'm sure those of you out there are walking around in a haze trying to figure out, how the hell is this happening? It's happening because you're dealing with well-seasoned, well-experienced criminal enterprise. The girls on the side, the young girls, that whole nine yards with Jeffrey Epstein was only a part of it. And, Alpho, here's, here's the point about Jeffrey Epstein. Here's a guy who never had a degree, 
but he got a job teaching in, in one of the finest prep schools in New York City. He didn't have any money. He comes, he starts working in the exchange, and all of a sudden he becomes a multi-billionaire. That picture is as crooked as ever you will get a picture. And it took him less than 15 years to do it. And it wasn't about, he wasn't making multi-billion dollars trading young girls. He was simply entertaining the people who were connected to his enterprise, his criminal enterprise of laundering foreign money into this country. The girls were the entertainment, customer service, customer relations. Do I have that right, Alphonse? You got that right. You got that right. Jeffrey Jeffrey Epstein, and here's the killingest part about it. After he was jailed, to kill him was no problem. He was just he was just a chip, a a, a rung on a ladder, and killing him, the, the and having Video camera, they didn't give a damn about video camera. Who's going to prosecute with Bill Barr there? He doesn't, he doesn't see the crime. I don't see the crime. You know. And he, and, well, but but oh, like, here, is the, here is the outstanding highlighted part of all of that. And nobody has asked the question but people on Twitter. And, and it doesn't include the New York Times or the Washington Post or... Business Insider or any of those uh, those publications. Why did Bill Barr, the United States Attorney General, visit Jeffrey and Epstein in prison? You got an explanation for that, Alpha? Well, uh, no, but here's my here's my response to that. They should have been accusing Bill Barr of colluding and threatening Epstein. They should have been they should have been doing all of the threatening that they could. Somebody said Bill Barr. It's been said you want to visit him, sir, because you had a message for him from Donald Trump. It wasn't about what's true, because everything they say is not about what's true. It's about what you can prove. And if you can't prove it, it didn't happen. And as long as they say it, it wakes people up and opens your eyes to a possible why. It may slow them down or stop them from doing one thing or another. And that's the, that's the, the drag on all of this. They do what they want to do because they, they can do. And nobody's there to stop them. Nobody's there to stop them. And that's the pathetic part about it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. They are above the law. And that is the point. That is the point of the true Trump evil empire. 
it is that they are above the law. Like, I can't tell you how many tweets I read yesterday with Trumpers just lauding this Dr. Stella Emanuel as the coronavirus czar. Get rid of Fauci, they were saying. Yeah, get rid of Fauci. Look, I'm telling you like this. Right now, I had the the number by November 3rd of 300,000 dead. I'm upping that to 400,000 dead. And I just, I can't say I'm not going to be one of them because I'm right there in that, in that, in that zone. That's why my social distancing and sheltering in place is, is going to remain the same. Right now, I am exposed because I'm out in public. But I'm, when I get home, oh, okay, if I get we- home. I'm a okay, lockdown. We gotta talk about that. Uh huh. I'm gonna lock it down, and that's gonna be it. Wait a minute. You're you're not in Chicago. I'm in Chicago. Well, I'm in Bedford Park, it's a suburb of Chicago, but okay. I'm not at home. Okay. And I can be at uh-huh. home. I've been I've been in the house for the last five years. <laughs> Hell, I would think I was under you- house arrest. On prison release. <laughs> yeah, you could have done your time. You could have already been through it your yeah, time. I could have done my life. Right. right. Just give me my laptop, a, a radio show to do for a couple of years, and time flies. Yeah. Let's talk Let's about see. the radio show. Uh, for those of you who do not know, Alpha was the host of the Alpha show. For is, how many years, Alpha? Eight years? Yeah, yeah. I would, I would be, Janice. You know, you and India and all of the others. I used to hear you all talking about show prep. Show prep. I didn't do any show prep. <laughs> at a, no, at a quarter, at a quarter to, at a quarter to nine, I would tune up and get everything set. I would pull some sound t- some sound tabs and songs so I can play them if I no, have to run to the No, we have to, to tell bear. the real story. You have to tell the real story, Alpho. You used to bring up some sound tabs and put your microphone to it as it played on YouTube. <laughs> tell the truth. No, no, not put it up there. Lay it on, lay it on the computer speaker and... And run off to the bathroom or something. But, uh, that you know, I would get the, because this is too easy. These politics are too easy. And the playbook that they're running, you can see it coming from a, a mile off. Mm-hmm. And as long as you don't, as long as you don't push back on them, they're going to do what they want to do. These Republicans and this. This, and this thing about uh, all uh, these uh, benefits running out Friday, these benefits are going to run out Friday. These folks are going to be evicted. Then you got people being evicted, and they give a damn. You'll just be homeless and out there in the street. And these are people who've never missed a payment on anything. Yeah, They don't give a yep. damn. 
and that's and that's thirty what it million is. people. Yep. That's the way. And Apple. let the Supreme Court heal the ACA in a pandemic. And who's going to pay for all of this hospitalization and all these people in these ICUs? And our, this is this is a, a shit show. That's all this is right now. Donald Trump has turned this into a shithole country. Janice, I'm gonna leave yep. it right there. Because I don't yep. want to. We, I don't want to say and, too and, much more. Exactly. Hey, Alpha, thank you a lot. Um, I'm hoping thank you, Janice. you're sounding really strong, and we we got to talk. I'll give you a call. Okay then. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That was Alpha of the Alpha Show on TruthWorks Network. And if you want to catch more of that, you can go to TruthWorks Network at blogtalkradio.com backslash TruthWorks and catch uh, Alpha on Demand uh, as a podcast. And we really recommend that. Listen, we thank you so very much for being with us here tonight at Our Common Ground. Don't forget, you should uh, stay in touch with us at Facebook, uh, OCG Talk, and you should subscribe to our website at OurCommonGround.com. And we are at Twitter, at Janice OCG, and at TruthWorks Network uh, on Twitter. We are also on Instagram as Sankofa OCG. We don't do a lot on Instagram because we've got a lot of other stuff we have to do. Thank you for being with us. See you on Saturday night with Ruby Sales. You stay safe. I'm Janice Graham. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you this breaking news report. A slave ship has just risen out of the Hudson River in front of the Statue of Liberty. Yes, we are our father's sons and daughters, but we are not their choices. For despite their absences, we are still here, still alive, still breathing, with the power to change this world, one little boy and girl at a time. Not, not, who's there? We are. Thank you for joining us here at Our Common Ground. For all of you that have joined us in our chat room, we thank you as well. I'm Janice Grant. Join us each Saturday at Our Common Ground. I'll be listening for you. And don't forget, we are here at Our Common Ground each Wednesday night. Open Mic Wednesday night. Same time, 10 p.m. Listener driven. I'm only the host. Serious examination of black truth on our common ground. Speaking truth to power and ourselves. And now it's a winner. Winter in America.